0: to the Mostly Soccer Podcast. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and today I'm here with Jimmy. Jimmy what today?
1: You know I'm Jimmy New Year. It's Jimmy that time of year. Yeah.
0: Old Lang Jimmy.
1: Old Lang Jimmy. Oh, I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like
1: that a lot.
0: We are in the midst of the holiday season, which is why we haven't been podcasting. There's too much going on, too much soccer, too much COVID, and too much... Happy holidays.
1: Too much Christmas, too much cookies, too much everything.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. Did you get anything good for Christmas?
1: I I got a lot of good things. I have to say I'm very happy with everything I got. I got some nice gifts. I got some actual clothes, which I desperately needed. Mm -hmm. Um, I got some very nice things. I'm very happy boy. Did you get anything Manchester City related? I did not get anything Manchester City related. Did you get something Arsenal related? I didn't. How bizarre is this? That is odd. I have to say that is odd. I do have to say, Kitty, my dog, she happened to get a mostly soccer scarf that will show off at oh. the turn of the new year. She doesn't I have like an that. idea. She's still wearing her Christmas bow. But uh, at the turn of the new year, we'll show that off on the Twitter at some point.
0: That's nice. That's quite nice. Yeah, I, I didn't get anything too crazy. But I was shocked that no one in my life Knows me well enough to give me anything Arsenal related.
1: Well, maybe they thought it might be too much of an open wound. Because when they think of this, prior to the festive period, it might have hurt you. Now you're you're very positive thoughts about Arsenal. Maybe they didn't want to dampen your holidays.
0: I'm flying high right now, Jimmy. We have have a lot of positive news to talk about. But before we get into any games, Jimmy, bone to pick with you. I can't wait. Did you forget something? Oh, I did forget
1: something. (laughs) You little piece of shit. I wish you a happy birthday. Yeah, motherfucker. Oh, my God.
0: Even your brother wished me a happy birthday.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Unbelievable.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: We're now 10 days removed.
1: The second you said it, I knew exactly what you meant (laughs) to. I'm like, oh, no.
0: I think you even fucking texted me on the day. (laughs) You were talking about some other shit.
1: I definitely did. I definitely oh, man. did. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, I've had a very busy few weeks. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I've yeah. been very out of it. The yeah, holidays have taken everything from me.
0: <laughs> uh, I bet. Uh,
1: well, it's a It's a miracle this podcast is still existing. <laughs> we almost <laughs> ended the podcast.
0: All right. It's all right. I digress. Uh, Arsenal have kept me in good spirits even throughout the trauma of many people like Jimmy forgetting to wish me a happy birthday. Uh, it's too late now, though, so I won't happy accept. Happy birthday! Too late. I decline. <laughs> um, all right, Jimmy. Let's get into it. And I don't even know where we should begin. We have, we've come back to the roots of mostly soccer, having absolutely zero agenda on what we want to talk about. We've missed... I don't know what two to three weeks at this point of
1: yeah. Of we we we've taken a fiction. holiday break. We've taken our sabbatical. I will say, Michael, I think there's really only one place we should start. I think we have to start with your boys, Michael. I yeah, I can't believe it. I'm I'm blown away. I've been blown away. They've given you a very nice birthday and Christmas present. They did not forget that it was your birthday. <laughs> Which you know the craziest thing is I really didn't forget because I think I got like the Snapchat thing that it's Michael's birthday. I'm like, oh, I got to text Michael that it's his birthday. And then I forgot. You ignored it. You
0: <laughs> so I, I, I
1: think I, I knew and still didn't send it, which is worse.
0: No, that's all right. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, since the last time we recorded, which was after the back-to-back defeats uh, against United and Everton, Arsenal have won one, two, three, four Premier League games and one Carabao Cup match. And they've done it all in pretty and. Uh, en- Emphatic fashion I'll use mm-hmm. I'll dip into the vocabulary there uh they've been scoring a ton of goals they had a big win over West Ham um scored four against Leeds five against Norwich uh, a lot to be happy about over the past few weeks for Arsenal mm-hmm. it's, absolutely we have this conversation so many times where it's like Arsenal win five games in a row and then they'll lose three in a row and it's always nice to be on the top of the hill. But I'm, this season, more than ever, I think, coming to terms with, well, we have a few tough matches next. We're probably going to lose uh, four or five in the upcoming matches as I'm trying to fend off a, a seltzer water burp. <laughs> um, but I, I'm i enjoying so much of the football that we're playing Really, I think the biggest joy for any Arsenal fan during this period is just watching young players like Bakayo Saka, Gabrielle Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe just mm-hmm. absolutely take over.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's two things I would note from it is One, I mean, it's a far cry from the beginning of the year where Arsenal went, what was it, three or four matches scoring a goal? Um, they're bagging in the goals lately. I mean, what was it, five, five, four, three, like a lot of goals. Um and again it's been on the back of the young trio um that has really stepped up and just been quite frankly dominant over this period and, and I mean that has to be the most exciting part uh, oh, oh Kitty, kitty's very excited she agrees she's a big <laughs> she is a big soccer fan a big gooner <laughs> um oh no she said martinelli my apology <laughs> um but uh I think that the way they've played is a real positive going forward for this team to show that, one, they can trust them. Like, this can be the real core of the team. It doesn't need to be, you know, the old guard. Obviously, during this period, we've seen Yang phased out of the team for what started as disciplinary reason. And now I would say it's just because of the other players are playing better than him. Like, generally, if if he came back into the team and, you know, they made good – who are you dropping to play him? I, I don't think you're dropping anyone.
0: No, Nope. So uh, everyone playing now is better than him.
1: Yeah. Like it, it just, it's working. I mean, we're seeing Smith Rowe score in every game coming off the bench, which is the craziest thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, like they, I, you, I want you to talk about it more than me, Michael. I don't want to, this is your <laughs> moment. You got to celebrate this.
0: I don't even know how to handle it because it's just too many good things happening. Uh, I mean, watching Bakayo Saka and Gabriel Martinelli over these past few weeks has just been like one of my joys of 2021. Um, you know how much I love Bakayo Saka. And it looks like he's figuring it out a little bit more every game that he has the power to beat people. He has the power to put in those shots, like the, the Arian Robin type shots from that corner. And he's finding it and i think my biggest criticism of saka has always been he's not a scorer and once mm-hmm. he finds that his game will go to the next level i'm not going to jump to any conclusions now against you know a team like norwich or or leeds who are potentially uh the worst defensive team in the mm-hmm. premier league uh, at this point but it's just nice to see things click and it feels like it's clicking in many areas of the field like martinelli has just been stunning and yeah. And his energy, it, it just feels like it's it's sparking the entire team to do more. He he chases down every single ball. He'll run back and play defense. He never gets tired. He's just incredible. And his finishing yeah. is, I think, the best among any of the young players we have. Bar Smith Rowe, um, mm-hmm. yep. and and Smith Rowe, like you said, coming off the bench and scoring base every single time that he's uh, been on the field for ten minutes or or less. Um, it, it's kind of crazy that probably our best player is coming off the bench because Martin Odegaard, who we haven't talked about yet, has been absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, yeah, I, I hate to make the comparison because it's so easy and everyone's making it, but looks like Mesudozil so much when he's on the ball. It, it's really, it's funny to see. It just it gives you flashbacks a little bit of like a a younger Mesudozil, how he used to play. How they try and weave in passes. and He's just so much fun to watch. Um, And on the defensive end, I mean, a lot of good things happening there. Tierney is getting back into form. Ben White and Gabriel, I think, are one of the best defensive pairings in the league. And I think statistically they are equal to Laporte and Diaz at this point uh, for clean sheets. So Mm -hmm. a, a whole lot of good happening at Arsenal. I know we've had an easier run of matches these past few weeks. But still, you can only play who's in front of you, yep. And you know, Tottenham Hotspur, a lot of games in hand for them, and they went out and drew Southampton, who had ten men for about uh, sixty minutes.
1: Yeah, so. no, I'm I, in 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 years past. These have been games we've seen Arsenal slip up in when they'd get a good run going, they would have a match you think that they'll breeze through, and that would be the one they'd draw or they'd lose. And uh, I mean, right now, like it needs to be said, they sit in fourth place right now on thirty five points. Um, only six points behind Liverpool. Like, it, it's very impressive. They have a four-point lead over West Ham. West Ham. West Ham. West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tottenham do have some matches in hand. So we could see what you know what they have to say about this as well. But um, I definitely think that this is the best run of form we've seen under for Arsenal. I think uh, maybe under Antenna. And it, granted, his first season at the end of the year when they went on the FA Cup run was very impressive. But I think at least in the league, this is the best run of form I remember. And again, it's only four matches, but it's the way they've played in those four matches where they look like a completely different team than they look like at the beginning of the year.
0: Yeah, they look great. Um, and we have tough matches coming up. We have on the new year, if it doesn't get canceled, I'm I'm almost hoping that it does. Um, <laughs> but we have the mostly soccer derby at 7.30 a.m. January 1st, which kind of stinks.
1: Yeah, Uh, 7.30 is crushing. I feel like they're always a 7.30 game. Do you notice that?
0: They are. Um, And then we have Liverpool in the Carabao Cup. And then a few days later, we have Liverpool again in the Carabao Cup. And then we have Spurs. So things aren't going to get any easier for Arsenal. But I think they might be able to pull out a few surprise victories. I'm not saying that we're going to do anything against Manchester City uh, or Liverpool's B team in the Carabao Cup. But... I think moving forward after that, I think we'll put up a fight against Spurs, Wolves, and I think Chelsea is where I want to go next too. And talk about how beatable they are at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 think Chelsea have been a very odd team this year. They started the year truly looking unbeatable. Um, their their defense was so strong. Uh, Lukaku started the year and great form and it just looked like it was gonna be very easy for them the and again they've still been very good like let's not get it wrong they haven't been bad but they've just been drawing matches and what i think we've learned over the last few years is it, you think it's better to draw than lose but if you lose one match and then you you can get yourself right sometimes and you get in a good run whereas if you keep drawing over and over again it's, it just doesn't work. I mean, that was the difference between Liverpool and City. The year that Liverpool just gave it away at the end and City were able to win by one point. That was because Liverpool, they, they only lost one, was it one match that year or two? Because I think City ended up beating them two, maybe, but I could be wrong. Not sure. Either way, they they almost went undefeated for the whole season and still did not win the league because they had quite a few draws. And that's kind of what I look at with this Chelsea team, whereas... They they seem to be lacking the ability to score consistently lately, and their defense has looked more shaky than it's looked in quite some time.
0: Yeah, I mean to be fair, Chelsea are dealing with injuries. Thiago Silva hasn't been in. Uh, ben Chilwell tore his ACL, so they're they're pretty uh, out of sorts at that left back position. Mm-hmm. They've had players out with COVID. Lukaku has just come back into the team, I think, this past week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, And he's already scoring again. But there is a deeper problem here. Because Chelsea have squad depth. They have the players that can make up for a few missing pieces. um, But they're just not scoring. Mm -hmm. And I know that the whole Champions League run was built on this defensive masterclass that Thomas Tuchel put together in this Chelsea side. Mm-hmm. and now i i mean it's slipping up a little bit but the goals just aren't coming and that is a big big problem jimmy i mean the the games that they've they've drawn they've been 1-1 against everton that's a tough draw i mean arsenal lost against them everton are a bad team to drop points against this year wolves 0-0 and then brighton 1-1 yesterday yeah i, I mean it it's very unlike chelsea
1: yeah, I mean, I, and I think it needs to be said in a way too that under Tuchel again, Tuchel brought them their their amazing run that they had in the Champions League. But again, they did struggle a bit in the league at the end of last year. Almost almost threw away top four, if not for Leicester, than throwing it away themselves. Yeah. Um, they would not have made top four. It wouldn't have mattered because they ended up winning the Champions League. But either way, they they managed to just get that at the end. Um. The interesting thing to, I've seen, and again, especially with all the, the, the different injuries and issues they've had, is some players that Tuchel just seems to not trust. We've really—and granted, Havertz has played a bit, but not as much as you would expect for a player that costs the money he costs. Ziyech has barely played. We saw Pulisic play in the game against Brighton. He has not played much this season. Uh, Saul was brought in and has been— Pretty pretty much useless the entire year. Um, I can't imagine they're gonna execute the uh, the permanent move there. I can't see that happening. Um, we I, I just this team again. I think they're defensively strong. I think Mendy is a great goalkeeper. Uh, I think Rudiger is fantastic, and I think maybe an under thing that we haven't really talked about is the fact that Rudiger is out of contract at the end of the year, and I think he's been really. Outside of maybe Conte, he's and Conte really had that run at the end of last year. But before that, his form wasn't great either. And outside of Mendy, like Rudiger's been their best player. He's been fantastic for the last year and a yeah. half. And if they lose him, because there's talks of Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, a lot of teams in on him. Uh, And I'm sure there'd be Premier League teams in on him, too. Uh, Potential rivals trying to get him. I could see PSG, maybe someone, someone like he's going to have a lot of options. Yeah. And, the way he's playing if they don't tie him down i think that's going to be a massive loss that's really not getting talked about enough um again chelsea spend money they'll bring people in but this team does look a little a little underwhelming is i think the word i want to use they don't look bad they don't look bad they just look like they should be better i think is, right. is what i feel about them but this
0: is like kind of the chelsea thing like they'll go like 15 games where they're the best team in the world and then they'll have a dip for like Six or seven weeks where they're just like, oh, is like, is Kovacic really that good or was it, was the team just playing that well? It's like, mm-hmm. it's stuff like that. It's like the Marcus Alonso revival every, every three months. It's like he's mm-hmm. out of the team, he's gone. And then three months later, it's like, oh, this guy's incredible. Where the hell has he been? Mm-hmm. It, it just, it's just, there's very, must be a very weird dynamic in that locker room. It just spans over managers.
1: Yeah. It, it is very odd. And I think we've been saying it for a few weeks now that, and I I feel more strongly about it now, is I don't think that they will have the ability to hang with City and Liverpool to truly win the league. I think we're getting close where it's looking like it will become a two-horse race. Um, Yeah. I mean, Chelsea are very, very good, so I don't want to count them out. I just look at when I watch them play versus when I watch Liverpool and City play, I don't see the fair in teams that I see when they play those two teams.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I mean... And we can move on to Manchester City now, and I'll I'll let you take this one away. But I just want to say that they're just incredible. It's like watching them, there's almost as a neutral. The emotion for me comes from like, holy shit, like they they just make everything look so easy. But there's almost no like nervous energy ever going into a game. If you're a City fan, I can imagine like, you know, you're just going to win every game.
1: So, <laughs> I don't disagree. That's I think not so a many, slight
0: against you or city no, fans. no. I
1: get it. I think I just think so many city fans have that typical city thing still in them that they don't believe it. Yeah. And and when city start a game poor, I think everybody gets very. If you ever see on Twitter, they freak out about everything. Um, but I will say I've been this. If city end up winning the league this year, I think it may be the most impressive title that they win because they. They really did not do much in the transfer window this year. Um, they they made some moves. Uh, obviously, Grealish was the the big move, and that was pretty much it. And a lot. And now we also see Ferran Torres has moved on, uh, moved to Barcelona. City did good business there. They basically got a profit of about forty million for him to have him for you know a year and a half. It's pretty damn good business. Um, and I, I rate for Antares very well. I think we've both talked about the potential that's there, but he's an inconsistent player who doesn't always show it. And to get that much money for a young player who is not a proven article yeah, I think is a good move. Um, I think city, I'm very critical of their selling. I have been for years. <laughs> like, I still think like the Leroy Sané one, they botched so much. To only get 60 million for him when with the player he was. And you know, he hasn't maybe lived up to that so much since he's going back to Bayern. But um, I think that was a great move. And I, I think they can do that because of how this team's playing, where they truly have no striker. There's no, there's no number nine on this team. It's just so much the interchange. Every single player on from outside of the backline, and even members of the back line, uh, when you look at Cancelo in particular has the ability to interchange and move into space. And the way they're playing this year is just phenomenal when they're on their game, which they've been on. Um, I mean, Brentford slowed them down a bit yesterday, but previous to that, they put six past Leicester, four past Newcastle, seven past Leeds. Like when, when they get flowing, they they're just, it, it's a train wreck. And I think if you, I don't know if you saw the quote from, um, from Tony, from uh brentford which basically he said the year 11s took our ball basically like they bullied him like you don't get that's going to be the most frustrating thing is you don't get a chance really with the ball against city they dominate Mm -hmm. possession and even when they lose possession they hunt it back so much um the energy in the team is fantastic uh I, I want to highlight just a couple players. Obviously, Bernardo Silva, we talked about earlier, the, the form he's been in this year. But I think the other two stars of the season, really, are Rodri, who has been... He's been the player City were hoping he were when they signed him two years ago. I, I think he's that player now. He's truly proven to be the Fernandinho replacement. Uh, he's been the best defensive mid in the league. I don't I don't think that's a question. He's been so good. He's a little banged up right now. He hadn't played last game. He might not play this week against Arsenal. Um but uh, he, he's been fan- fantastic. And Cancelo has been – he's lived up to the potential everyone knew he always had. Yeah. He – he as a – I think it's truly him in, in Trent Alexander-Arnold, which is just these these fullbacks that can change a game in a way that they shouldn't be able to, where they can create plays better than most teams' best player. Like, like Cancelo this season has created so many opportunities for City – that just shouldn't be there balls that shouldn't be able to be played scored goals when he's needed goals. He's been a great player. He's been very good defensively too, with the exception of that Liverpool game where Mo Salah just took his lunch. But yeah. outside of that, he, he really has been fantastic. And I, I just, I've been so impressed with them this year. This is this season is a real credit to pep and the way this team has played. Um, I, it's fantastic. I, I'm so I enjoy watching their games so much this year, just because you really don't know what you're going to get. They've rotated a lot of different players in. Uh, they've moved players around, and it, and it's been very exciting to watch. And I hope people appreciate the type of football they play because it's a very different style than we've seen. Because again, they do they're doing it without a striker, and I think they'll get a striker next year. I do, and I'm very excited to see what that could be.
0: Yeah, I, I mean they're just. They're insane to watch. And that match against Brentford, I caught a little bit of it yesterday. And it's like, like a guy like Phil Foden, I know you love Phil Foden so much, Mm -hmm. but I watched him yesterday and I was just like, like this kid is stupid. Like, like, how is it possible that his feet move that quickly? And, And he's just unbelievable. And like, he gets to play along Jack Grealish and Kevin De Bruyne. It's like, that's not fair. That's not fair for anyone in the league. It's they're an insane team. They're just a well-oiled machine and and they're phenomenal to watch. It's just it is for the neutral sometimes it's just like there's no chance that Brentford are going to win this match. There's no chance that like a Leicester are going to do it, you know. It, mm-hmm. you just know. You just know that Manchester City are so good and they're just they're just a train wreck like you said. They're they're going to take you how
1: yeah, and and I want to say, too, Edison, too, who I got a lot of criticism at the beginning of the year, how he's playing. He's come back in a form. He's had some yeah. big saves and big moments early on in matches where, you know, if you get that first goal, it can always change. Um, especially, you know, City, again, without having that, you know, true striker. Sometimes they struggle if they're down to create when teams really drop everybody back. And he's made big saves to avoid that happening over the last few matches. I think he's looked back to his best, which has been, you know, very helpful.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good segue into a a team with another Brazilian goalkeeper who has not looked his best. Uh, Liverpool and Alisson mm-hmm. have been dropping points over the past few matches, which has put some separation in between City and uh, Liverpool, who are said to be the the second team in the two-horse race at this point. Mm-hmm. They have drawn Liverpool. I mean, nope, they drew Liverpool. They drew Liverpool. Uh, they drew Spurs in a match mm-hmm. that, they, they kind of blew. Uh, and they lost to Leicester 1-0. So mm-hmm. for as amazing as Liverpool are, for as dominant as they can be in scoring uh, and just putting goals down your throat, they, they are a flawed team. And I can't say that about Manchester City.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, I think flawed maybe is a little harsh, um i think that
0: they they're
1: they're shakier yeah they're shakier than they than they were a few years ago and and they're shakier than city are right now um they can still blitz you and just put goals behind you and on the counter they're <laughs> the most dangerous team in the league um but i would say their midfield is definitely where they need work the the midfield needs something i i don't know what it is um, but it's it's lacking. I, I think it's lacking in control. I think it's lacking on players who can hold the ball. Um, that's where I think their flaw is. Cause I and I defensively they've been a little shaky, but at, I at most matches I think they're solid defensively. And Allison, to your point, had the shaky game against Tottenham. Um, hasn't been you know at his best form this season. I don't think, but he's still a fantastic goalkeeper. <laughs> And I, I think just having a little more stability in the midfield, which they've also had a lot of interchange. I mean, they don't start the same midfield in any match. Right. It's always a change there. And they've had a lot of injuries there. Um, and, and, you know, it just really hasn't necessarily worked out. Um, and even, you know, and like Tiago, when he's even fit and everything, has never really clicked for whatever reason there. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, Thought he was gonna make them like this next level team, and it just really hasn't worked for him at all, which has kind of been weird. Yeah, kind of similar to Naby Keita. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean
0: Naby has good games here and there.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: mean another. I mean we said it for Chelsea, we should say it for Liverpool. They're banged up. Uh, I'm not sure if it's COVID related, but I know that Van Dijk has missed a few matches. Um, they've had to start some some young kids in their midfield, like mm-hmm. you said, they don't really start the same guys. And um, I think Allison is the big thing for me right now. Where it's every match that I've watched him over the past few weeks, you know these festive fixtures, he's just like he has a lot of those those moments that I we saw them originally when he joined Liverpool, where he'd just come a little bit too far out of his box, he'd he'd scuff a kick the wrong way. I mean the as Jurgen Klopp said it's because he's an offensive goalkeeper, and and I guess you can credit some of these mistakes to that, but he's just, he looks like he's out of form right now. There's, there's something going on with him. And I mean, Liverpool are going to be just fine. Allison will be just fine. They have so much talent. Um, another fear I have with this team is that they rely so heavily on the goals from Mo Salah. And when he's not scoring Mm -hmm. and and he's not in the incredible form that he has been in for these Mm -hmm. past few months, um, they need someone else to step up, and Mane, like, on and off is doing it. Jota has been that guy who has been there to, to pick up the slack, but they are, uh, they're not the same team when Mo Salah isn't the best player in the world.
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's something we've seen, you know, over seasons, too, that they when he's at his best, they're, they're an unbeatable team. But if you just catch them on a slightly off day, they they a, there's a big difference in how they play, um, which you know is a lot of teams like that. But you would think with the other, you know, attacking players Mane, Jota, they'd be able to overcome that a little more, and they haven't necessarily been able to do that this year. Um, but again, they've still been fantastic on the season. They've been great um i think that they'll bounce back from this they play chelsea on sunday which is a big big match for both teams right now um in in a very big match for manchester city if a draw comes out of this would be lovely um and and, and we'll see if it happens i mean we did see mosala miss a penalty which is the first time i think i've ever seen him miss one yeah um casper smycle too who i've been critical in saying he hasn't been at his best and he was i think he was very poor in the city match um and again, granted, the defense in front of him is not really a defense. You have two non-real center backs. You, for example, in this Liverpool game, though, kept a clean sheet with Ndidi and Amarte <laughs> playing as a center back pairing, which is kind of crazy. Um, but you know, I I Leicester are such a weird team. They're such yeah. an odd team this year. Because if you watch these last two games. To see them keep Liverpool to a clean sheet after they let City walk through them constantly in that match, it's just wild. I mean, but at the same time, in the City match, they scored three goals, and on the counter, the combination of Lookman, who's looked great over these last two matches, and Madison, who over the last month, we've talked about how he's been back to his best. He looks it. He looked very, very good. Um, This team is so weird because... I feel like if it doesn't click soon, like a lot of these players are gonna have opportunities to move to different teams. Like Madison, I think will get can get his move next season if he wants it. I think it'll happen. Yeah. Um and Yuri Tillemans, who's been who's (laughs) a nightmare in the city match, giving away two penalties, was just just awful. I mean, he's another player who may have the ability to move on if he really wants to, and it'll be interesting to see, especially Brendan Rodgers. We we don't know what his future is, so Lester are kind of in a real purgatory state right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, they just have super highs and super lows, it feels like, um, but they're always entertaining to watch, I will say. Um, I mean, uh, keeping a clean sheet against Liverpool with Two midfielders playing center backs is just incredible. <laughs> Liverpool are are just freaking amazing, and, and to do that is a feat. Uh, another team I wanted to talk about was Spurs, Jimmy. Spurs have been uh, rattled by COVID, and they've had a few matches canceled. But under Conte, I don't think they've lost yet in the Premier League. Granted, their matches have... Well, I, I shouldn't say that because they played Liverpool and West Ham. But aside from that, their matches have been a little bit softer, as have Arsenal's. Mm-hmm. Um, but good run of form. Harry Kane starting to score a little bit more. Mm-hmm. What do you see for the Spurs team going forward?
1: So I think we both talked about the fact that we trust Conte. He will make them better. They will be a better team. Um, if they can get Harry Kane in form, I, I think you know good things are coming. I mm-hmm. definitely think Conte's hinted at it as well that there's going to be moves that are going to be made. I think this team will be one of the most active teams in January. Um, I don't expect the I don't expect a lot of moves in January from Liverpool City, Chelsea. I don't think we're going to see moves there. I think Spurs could have moves. I think Newcastle will have moves. Those are pretty much where I think it might be. Mm-hmm. Though it does look like Newcastle is really focusing on. Summer moves, I don't know if you've seen, they've been linked with uh, Trippier, as well yeah. as Usman Dembele, who now looks like he's basically going to move on from Barcelona at his frustration that his contract, they were told they can't afford his contract, and his response was, you just spent $60 million on Ferran Torres. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I kind of get that. Granted, I don't think he's worth anywhere close to the figures that apparently he's throwing out that he wants. Yeah. but. I, I definitely think Spurs will make moves. I think that they've they've sorted out some of the issues. They still look – this team is still kind of a mess to me. I just think this is a team that has a lot of players that need a shift. And and we know Conte likes to do that. So, I mean, between January and the summer, I think they will be the most active team. I do think that. I think a lot of people are going to move on. Um, and I think they need it. I think they need a real refresh – I just question would be is, you know, do you have Conte tied in long enough to make the commitments he's gonna want in terms of players? Because that was the issue we saw at Inter. Was he left because he didn't get really the commitment he wanted? And even there he made a lot, a lot of moves. Right. And I think he's gonna want to make a lot of moves here, and I think they need to, because there's some really talented players here. If they can fix Harry Kane, which looks like maybe they are, Sons, we know what he is. Um, I expect players like Regalone to Kick on under Conte. I'm going to be interested. We saw him come off the bench in the last match to see if Brian Gill can actually play. Player they spent a good amount of money on. If they're going to play him, to mm-hmm. see what they do with the different players. I'm interested to see the the Hugo Lloris contract situation. They did spend some good money to bring in uh, it's Gallini la- during the off season, to bring him mm-hmm. in to be the backup goalkeeper um, from Ad- Atalanta, who you know obviously had a really good season there. So maybe maybe they won't keep Luis. It's going to be interesting to see, but I think a lot of moves are going to happen. I think they will battle you guys in West Ham for top four. I think they will be in that discussion.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Just, it's just classic Spurs. I mean, they are able to draw Liverpool and play a phenomenal match against them, and then they go to Southampton and they draw them when Southampton have 10 men um, from, I think it was like the 40th or 30th minute or so. It's just a bizarre team. I mean, looking at the lineup, aside from Kane son. And I mean, I think we both rate Regulon pretty highly. Mm-hmm. Um, although we've, we've like seen small glimpses of it only in a Spurs shirt. Yeah. Um, they have a, such an odd team like Deli Ali, Hoy and Harry winks. I know people are loving Harry winks lately. Um,
1: Conte seems to love Harry winks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> especially Antonio Conte, uh, singled him out and saying that we, we like, we really like him. Um, like I don't know if any of those guys are are elite or that I would trust them match in and match out. Emerson Royale is someone who I, I really don't like. Every time I've either. watched him play, I I just don't see it.
1: I think they I think they got I think they got they just robbed in that move. I, I think so too. I I have from what I've seen of him. And again, it's the t- I don't like to judge people their first year in the league sometimes. I, I think it's harsh cuz I've seen great players who have struggled the first year. But any time I've watched him he looks a mess defensively.
0: He really does. He just seems like he's like all over the place.
1: He's got a lot of Nelson Smedo in him. Like that's why I think. I was I just gonna of. say
0: that. I was just <laughs> gonna say that. That's so funny. Um and then, you know, that defensive line. Davidson Sanchez is is another like Marcus Alonso player. For three months, he'll be shit. And then and then for six months, he'll be a phenomenal player. Uh Eric Dyer and Ben Davies, too. It's like they, they need a lot of transfers, and Antonio Conte knows that. He said that. I just wonder who they're going to bring in yeah, and who they're going to ship out.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, think gonna, I just think there's going to be a lot of moves. Like, I, I think they need there to be a lot of moves because this team has been, like, I think they've been in such, like, an awkward phase ever since they lost the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. They got there sooner than they expected to. They they hadn't pushed on the league is not enough, and then they were in the Champions League final with a real chance to win it, yep. and you know got a little hard done by that handball, like it, yeah, you know it like it was a handball, but it was you know <laughs> it, it, my point being it was like it was a tight close call, right? Like, right.
0: And that game was it, close the whole way.
1: Yeah, it was close the whole game, and it could have been much different if that goal doesn't happen right away. You know, ten minutes in, like it could have yeah. been a really different game, and they've been in such a weird space ever since then. They really haven't moved on many players from that team. Um, like it it's just it's been odd. Yeah, I, I
0: I think like you said, they're gonna be challenging for top four. I I'm more interested to see what they do for transfers though, because I think this is when you fire your manager ten games in, it's a rebuilding season. It's not a uh, we're gonna we're gonna win win much season. Granted, they're in the Carabao Cup semifinals as well. Yep.
1: So. Well, and I think the firing the manager ten games in was the we messed up. Yeah, I think that was them throwing up flag saying we should have like we wanted Conte. Conte wanted to come, mm-hmm. we didn't give him what he wanted. We hired someone who we didn't really want, yep. and like they 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 made good on that. I will say like I think they made the right move. And there's nothing against Nuno, but I, I think I, I think he was in over his head a bit, and I think they knew what they wanted, and they should have just went for it like they from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and just looking at the table, I mean, West Ham, we can just talk about them quickly and say that they have been on a horrendous run of form. Mm-hmm. But almost to be expected, I mean, West Ham, I think, started a little bit too hot for what they were truly going to be. Depth is an issue going into these festive fixtures, and uh, it's showing.
1: Yeah, it's they. they're a very good team. They're a very good team. Um, they, I, I don't think they could ask to be in a better spot than they're in right now. To be in fifth right now on 31 points with all the chance in the world to make top four, I, I don't think they could ask for more than that.
0: Yep, I agree. Uh, and then Manchester United, Ralph Ragnick has taken over since our last podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, things have not gone super well. Uh, not scoring many goals. People have started to become a little bit frustrated with Ralph after a Uh, A victory over Norwich where they only scored one goal. They squeaked by them. And then they drew Newcastle uh, these past few days. Mm -hmm. And Newcastle really played them off the park. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, Jimmy, I guess I'll ask you the same question as we did with Spurs. What what is this
1: United team going to do going forward? I think this is exactly what they are. Like... (laughs) They're just, I don't, it's so weird. This is the team that I find the weirdest because like there's, there really is a lot of talent in this. They're team. stacked. They're,
0: They're like stacked. this
1: team should be a great team.
0: Yep. You look at this team compared to Spurs who we just talked about and you just compare the, the few players you say this United team is so, so much better on paper. Yep.
1: The one thing I will say is I feel like all their talent is in the same positions, which is a problem. Like, I feel like they're very deep at striker. Three of their best players all want to be a number nine. Like, like you have Cavani, Ronaldo, Rashford, all three really are probably a nine, even Greenwood. I think at his best is probably a nine with his Mm -hmm. finishing ability. And he doesn't hes fast, but he doesn't have lightning pace or anything like that. I think he'd be more suited to be a nine in a team that needed a nine and didn't need more wingers. Um, they all want to play nine. And then you have a bunch of attacking-minded midfielders in Fernandez, in Pogba, in Van de Beek. Like, a lot of their strength is in the same positions, which is why they have to play Fred. They have to play McTominay because yeah. those are the best players at actually doing those roles. Mm. So it, it's it's a bit odd. Um, they Same goalkeeper. I think they have two great goalkeepers. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's like most of their strength is in a few positions. And you can't play all those players at the same time. But this team should be so much better than it is. Um, The fact that they continue. And again, Ralph has not been there long, so we got to give him some time. But they continue to struggle to score goals is a problem because this team, the one issue they should not have is scoring goals.
0: Completely agree. Uh, I mean, Ronaldo is I I hate to, to, to say the thing that everyone is saying. It's just like the having Ronaldo on the field. It really does sometimes look like he's just shouting at people and not getting back. It's actually funny to watch, (laughs) where where he'll just he'll do like uh, the lazy striker challenge, and then he'll he'll look to the right and like point at at someone else and be like, "Go press!" Like, "Oh, yeah, the thing that you were supposed
1: to do." yeah I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, we also could fact he only has seven goals right now this season. fourteen matches, seven goals from him is not really what you expected. no, um, no it's not. I mean
0: <laughs> like I, I want to mention too, aside from Ronaldo, I think Rashford has been awesome. uh, terrible. he's, yeah. been, he's been that's bad. a problem. Greenwood's form has dipped significantly since the beginning of the season. Bruno's really not done much this year either. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the the MVP of this United team has been David De Gea. Mm-hmm. The, the resurgence. Yeah, yeah, fully back, 100%. But aside from that, I mean, I'm concerned for them. They're going to be in the top four race as well. I mean, they're really not far out of it. They're only uh, yeah. two points behind Spurs, and they have
1: two as well
0: two point. matches in hand. But I don't. I don't know if I like the direction like the strategy there like bringing in Ronaldo. It didn't really make sense for them. Like you said, they were already pretty heavy with players in that position. I understand if you have the chance to bring in a guy like that, you probably should. Um, I don't like the situation with Ralph Ragnick where he's on a six month contract, but then he's also agreed to like a two year consultancy role. But he Mm -hmm. sounds like he wants the head coaching job long term. It's just like uh, the decision making at this club has proven to be poor for so long, and it continues to be poor. Like, why haven't they got rid of Pogba? What are they doing with Donny Van de Beek? You got to figure this stuff out.
1: Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing: is like, just because your fans want you to keep Van de Beek, and he could, I still think he has the potential to be a great player. If you're not going to play the player, and you can get a good fee for him because his yeah. name still holds weight, that teams will give you something for him. You should make that move. And how they haven't
0: sold Pogba is a mystery to me.
1: They're going to lose. Like, I think at this point, they're going to lose Pogba. I think he is leaving. I know, like, he keeps saying, you know, he's throwing the hints of, you know, I'd love to stay. And I think he's gone. I mean, the guy hasn't
0: played. I feel like it happens every year where we see him play like four games at the beginning of the season, then he's out of the team the rest of the year.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's done the same thing. It's over and over and over again. It's been the same story. And again, it's like, you don't know what he could do in this team because he's never in the team consistency. And he'll come up and have those games. Like, he had the beginning of the year. It was a four assists or whatever in the first first game of the yeah. year. Um, he had the game two years ago against City where he scored two goals in the second half and was just unstoppable. And the talent's there. But, I mean, the idea of Paul – I think at this point it's safe to say the idea of Paul Pogba <laughs> is better than the actuality of Paul Pogba. <laughs> yep. Like, like move on totally from him. Agree. They should move on. They should move on from him. They should move on from Van de Beek um they they need to figure these things out um i say like the, I, there's been links of cavani moving on that would be the stupidest thing cuz cavani has been like to me maybe one of their most impressive players maybe the most impressive player outside of greenwood cuz i still think greenwood is phenomenal um i i, I think cavani's been great and you're going to move him on he's not the one you should be looking to move on
0: yeah i'm not sure what's going on over there um Just mismanagement, I think, is what we can put it down to. Mismanagement at the highest level. Uh, But to transfer down the table a bit, I just want to talk quickly about Newcastle because, you know, I feel like we have become Newcastle aficionados over the past (laughs) few months or so. We were always talking about them. I think Newcastle are finding it a little bit. I mean, they drew United and then they got battered by Leicester, Liverpool and City before then, as expected. I mean, if you're a lower half team, uh, that's going to yeah. happen to you regardless yep. for the most part. But one of the things I want to talk about, the only thing really I want to talk about with Newcastle, the resurgence of our man, Jolie Tone, Joe Linton. Jolie
1: Tone
0: in the he's midfield. They, how genius of Eddie Howe <laughs> to drop this man into the midfield. And he's been phenomenal. I know. <laughs> little do we know that was the key. Um <laughs> No one had paid attention to this. Yeah. No one had tested it. Eddie Howe comes like, in three weeks.
1: Yeah. He's like, oh, I figured it out. Jolie Tone's midfield. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, But <laughs> Joe Linton is actually, I actually think he's been very good. Like, quietly, like, when you've watched him, he he's looks like a completely different player. Like, it's, um. I guess the weight maybe is off his shoulder of trying to be the number nine and trying to score and press a little too much. Um, the goal for Newcastle, all that matters is stay up. Mm-hmm. Stay up This will they, be a very different team next year if they stay up All it is is stay up I think to your point Outside of the, you know, they got their ass kicked around By teams that were clearly better than them Which had to be expected Before that, they had beaten Burnley They drew Norwich with 10 men They were able to still do that Had drawn Brentford, Brighton Like, they had been on a pretty decent streak before that They had kind of looked a little More organized the Eddie Howe at least having kind of more of an identity. I've said from the beginning, they will stay up. I think Watford are sinking ship. I think Watford will be going down. I, I think that I, I think Newcastle will survive. I really do. I like when I look at the table, Norwich to me are dead. Um, oh, yeah. They've been dead from week one. Mm-hmm. I think Burnley are Burnley are bad. They managed to draw games, but they can't win. This is a team that I, can't win. I know. And like maybe draws will be enough. Maybe it will. And if leads don't get healthy, leads are bad. And again, yeah. Leeds are a shell of their team. They don't decimated. have their team. They're decimated. But the team they're putting out there is the worst team I've <laughs> ever seen playing. Like, it's really bad. They, they were so bad against City. I've never seen a team play so bad. Like yep. City put up seven goals on them. Seven goals without trying. City did yeah. not really have to try. City could have had 10, 12, 15 goals in that game if they really wanted to. That's how bad they were defensively. So if they can't start getting people healthy or unsuspended, because that's been another issue with them too, if they can't start fielding a real team, they're going to get dragged into this. Mm -hmm. But I I just look at it, and I I think Norwich and Wofford, to me, are both teams that are going down. I think Newcastle can survive. I I just – I, Burnley Burnley stink. I I think Burnley should go down too. I just don't think they're good. I just don't. Like they're a team that can get draws, and they're doing that right now, and maybe that'll be enough. Maybe it will, but I mean, I has Burnley had have they looked good at all this year? Because to me, they have
0: no. But Burnley always pull it off. They have four games in hand too.
1: Yeah, which is kind of wild. It's crazy, and like I said, I think I definitely think Wofford and Norwich will go down. I think Burn? Wofford, I think Wafford are really bad. Um, and then I think it's it's Newcastle, it's Leeds, and it's Burnley, and it's. Which one of those teams, if Leeds get healthy, I think they can pull out of this. If they don't, they're in real danger to get dragged in.
0: Yeah, they, they've been horrific. We uh, we were texting each other after the Arsenal game, and we, yeah. we both said that this is the worst defense we've ever seen in the Premier League. And by a long shot, they yeah. were just so all over the place in both of those matches against City and Arsenal. Um, but yeah, Newcastle, I think they're starting to find their form a little bit. Hopefully for them, it's not too late at this point. I don't think it is. Uh, they have a big run of matches coming up where they play Southampton, um, Watford, Leeds, and Everton, all uh, on the back of each other. So all very winnable games. You got to get at least six to nine points out of those. You would hope. Uh, so we're we're on Newcastle watch constantly here, but January is going to be the big, the big test for them. I wonder if they're going to bring anyone in. I'm hoping that they bring in a Abamying on loan. That would just be
1: <laughs> so funny to see. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting.
0: Just pay him a bag of cash and he'll go for a few months. I they wonder. tried
1: to get Cole Palmer on loan. City shot it down after the sale of a uh, Torres. Basically, Palmer's taken his spot in the in oh. the first team, but they did try. So maybe you know, maybe they they maybe they are going to look at loans to kind of fix this for now.
0: Interesting stuff. Uh, and then. I tweeted before the podcast. Does anyone have questions for us? And one single man gave us one, two, three, four, five, six questions. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know the answer to most of these. All right. I think he went off on a tan- tangent uh, on his lonesome. Captain Cobra, he said, What happened to Joe Hart?
1: Joe Hart's been good. He's good. <laughs> he really is. He's doing good at Celtic. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he just got hurt but he's been very good. He's a resurgence The return to Joe Hart. I love it. Joe Hart is glad, a great goalkeeper. He's a good guy.
0: I'm glad that you've been following Joe Hart.
1: <laughs> I, I, hey, Joe Hart's a man.
0: All right. All right. Well, that answers one question. Question two, how far down can good players fall? I E Deli Ali, Jesse Lingard, well back in Eden Hazard. Uh, how far can they fall? I think, I think you know, quite far. Um, uh, Delhi, Lingard, and Welbeck I don't think have, like, fallen off a cliff, you know? I think those are all still very good and, players, especially, like, a
1: Lingard. Injuries. I mean, welbeck Yeah. destroyed by injuries. I mean, he, he really has.
0: Drew the Drew. match against Chelsea. Uh, yes, he yesterday. did. Yes, so, yes, he
1: did. I mean, still- if we're- Eden Hazard is the example of, like, I know it's injuries, but I think they're self-inflicted injuries. of Just someone who did not take care of his body, did not take anything serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't get – the Eden Hazard thing has never made any sense to me. This is a guy who wanted that move to Real Madrid so bad, has been absolutely miserable since he's gone there, has not tried, has been out of shape, has been, quite frankly, fat, and just been <laughs> – like, really, like you know what I mean? Like, he just clearly, like, has been – he doesn't care, yeah. which makes no sense when somebody wanted the move so bad, and then when they lost to Chelsea, it looked like he wanted to, like, sneak back into the bus and be I a know. Chelsea. It made no sense. I don't understand what happened to him.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the real example of falling far. I mean, Real Madrid just got hammered by Eden Hazard there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> He's I a legend. Like,
1: the, the La Liga's got some rough buys from the Premier League with Coutinho, Hazard, some of these guys who they spent, you know, over $100 million on both these players from Barca and, and Real Madrid, and they got absolutely screwed with both of yeah, them. Yeah, that's tough.
0: Uh, rumor is Coutinho could be on his way to Arsenal in the summer. Uh, oddly enough, I don't. I don't know. I mean, why not? Uh, say, and then I mean,
1: he, he sort of flashes at Bayern. There's still yeah. something there.
0: Uh, he asked us, "Is there corruption in the Bayern Munich Foundation?" I don't know the answer to that. I, Probably. I. That.
1: I, <laughs> I would guess. I mean, <laughs> what do you think? It's. It's professional soccer. Of course, there's corruption.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this isn't a question. This is a statement. Sell Rashford to the Bundesliga to see if he would go and excel like Sane did. Has he excelled? He, he did hasn't that really season. excelled.
1: I mean, there's moments. I mean, he's yeah. Leroy Sané. He's got all the talent in the world. He has moments when he ghosts by everybody and scores goals. But he's also had moments where he was subbed on and subbed off in the same game. So uh, I don't know about that one. I don't agree. This
0: might be my favorite. Unprompted, this man says, I personally don't recommend that Holland joins Chelsea. So many good Bundesliga players have flopped in the Premier League. For example, Henrik Mkhitaryan. What is your opinion on that? I don't. M- M- Mkhitaryan, I guess, was a flop. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would agree with that. He flopped pretty hard. Um, but Holland, I think, wherever he goes, he is going to be a menace. Yeah. I think He's Chelsea just... isn't the spot for him.
1: No, I don't think he should go to Chelsea at all. No, I mean, no. with Lukaku already there. It doesn't make sense to me. No. Um, he he has his pick of a lot of teams where he'll be the main dog.
0: Like, Arsenal, he's coming to Arsenal in the summer. Not coming
1: to Arsenal. I you, I hate that you say this because not going to Arsenal. <laughs> I I really think though, if you you should be sitting there counting your prayers that you can go and get somebody like Vlahovic, who would be just perfect for Arsenal and someone I think they'd have a more realistic shot to get. Yeah, because well, I think everybody's going to be so obsessed with Holland, he might go under the radar. Maybe you know, if not just as good, damn near close.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know, um, but I think Holland. I don't know where he's going to go. I, I almost suspect that it might be City. Uh, I hope so. Or United. But I think
1: staying. I think United right. screwed themselves. I think they could have been in on him. But I think with Ole gone now, that's strike one. Paying Ronaldo, they're not going to be able to get rid of Ronaldo. So they got him for next year. Yeah. He's not going there. Like they they could have been in the race, I think, if they didn't bring Ronaldo in and everything. I think they were in the race. I think they're out. I genuinely think it's three teams. It's City. It's Barcelona. It's Real Madrid. And I think Barcelona signing Torres and looking now to try to sign Morata in the mm. weirdest move ever. I um, I think that Barca could be out. I really think it's Real Madrid and City. And I, I, I think Real Madrid will be getting Mbappe. And I think he's the door's open for City. They just actually have to pay up to Riola, which they're going to hate. And City have a track record of blowing these transfers. So it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if they do. But I think it's right there. Like they have it perfectly there to execute this and just add him to this team which could be insanity but we'll see if it happens
0: unless unless arsenal swoop in you never know you never uh know. and the last question he said if pogba joined real madrid who are you benching modric cruz or casemiro he's casemiro he's not benching he's not benching <laughs> any of them no
1: he's not benching any of them i i think he could bench <laughs> i think he could bench modric i think they'd rotate i think modric's getting older uh, Cruz is still incredible. Cruz doesn't get enough credit. Casemiro is a different type of midfielder. So you play them together. Pogba actually, I think France has shown how well he plays when he has a good defensive mid with him. So I would say the best bet there is Modric, but Modric has been pretty good again this year. He's kind of looked back to who he was. So yeah. we'll see.
0: I don't know. I haven't watched enough of Real Madrid. I just know that the last time I watched Real Madrid play, Tony Kroos looked terrible, but that was like six months ago at this point. Is it-
1: All you need to know about Real Madrid right now is it's really all about two players. It's Vinicius Jr. and it's Kareem Benzema. (laughs) And (laughs) that's really all you need because Vinicius is like morphed into this absolute superstar.
0: Well, all right. Uh, All right, Jimmy, let's hit some matches quickly before we depart with predictions. We have United and Burnley today. Who do you got there?
1: United. 2-0.
0: 1-1. It's a draw. Uh, Saturday morning. Happy New Year. We have Arsenal and City.
1: City,
0: 4-1. Fuck you, man.
1: <laughs> I'm having a good time uh, <laughs> trying to
0: enjoy watching Arsenal. I think Arsenal are going to lose, but I don't think it will be the typical beat down. I'll, I'll go 3-1, I'll 2-1, go one, one, and hope that it doesn't get mm-hmm. ugly.
1: You have the right setup to try to beat City with young, fast attacking players. It's a potential. I just think City, the form they're in right now, I I can't see anybody stopping them
0: right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh Leicester versus Norwich.
1: 3-0 no, Leicester.
0: 2-0 uh, nothing Leicester. Watford Spurs.
1: 2-1 Spurs. Watford bad. Real
0: yeah, bad. they are they are but they pull out these random matches. Um I'll go I'll go 2-1 Spurs. Uh Palace
1: and West Ham. 3-2 West Ham. I, I'll I go, for some reason Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to say I think this is going to be an exciting one. It's a good 12-30 yeah. match.
0: I'm going to go 2-2 draw. Palace love a good draw. And then on Sunday, we have Brentford and Villa. 2-1 Villa. I'll follow you on that. 2-1 Villa. Everton and Brighton.
1: 1-1. It's a Brighton game.
0: Yeah, obviously. It's pass. 1-1 draw. Leeds and Burnley. No, no. No, Leeds have to get scored on.
1: Burnley can't score though. It's like a. It's. it's, it's this is the Perfect real test.
0: Uh, <laughs> oof. I'll go. Uh, I'll go two one Burnley. Southampton versus Newcastle.
1: Newcastle
0: two one. One one draw. Chelsea and Liverpool, big one.
1: This is the big one. I, I have three two Liverpool in my head.
0: This is a draw all the time. It's always a draw one one. Uh, United and Wolves. 1-0 Wolves. All right. And then we can end it on that because there are no games on Tuesday. You don't give a
1: score. You don't care. You just don't care. No, I don't
0: care. I don't care anymore. I quit. (laughs) Uh, This is uh, 1-0 Wolves. Oh, you agree? Oh, is that what you said?
1: I said 1-0 Wolves, yeah.
0: I'm I'm such a good listener. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyways, uh, Jimmy, it was nice to be back. Nice to be back podcasting. Uh, probably not so nice for anyone listening since we were all over the place as we yeah. typically would be.
1: But we Jimmy, why don't you hit, the hit him? We stopped in our perfect fashion of a mess. That's right. Why don't you hit him with the plugs? Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Soccer Mostly. You can email us mostlysoccershow at gmail.com. Happy belated birthday to Michael. My apologies for missing mm. it. All our fellow friends on Twitter, please wish him a happy birthday too if you made it this far. <laughs> all right. Well, though if done. you didn't. If you don't wish him, we're going to know that you didn't listen all the way.
0: I'm always keeping tally. Uh, But thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.